0: our national debt will grow to 50 trillion dollars in less than 10 years. Wow. They now have to keep printing or we crash.
1: We've got this ticking time bomb. Talking gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire. Welcome to Live from the vault. Hi, my name is Shane Moran, and I'll be your host for this week's episode of Live from the Vault, the show that goes beyond the headlines and uncovers the truth about the precious metals industry and the effects on the global economy in these historic times. And with exclusive access to experts and insiders that reveal information, that reveal insights that you simply won't find anywhere else. And now this week, we have the one and only Andrew McGuire, precious metals expert and whistleblower, in the house and to help him pull back the curtain here we'll be joined by popular demand by industry expert mr peter grandich let me tell you a little bit about peter if you haven't if you haven't already met him he entered wall street in the mid 1980s with neither a formal education nor training and within three years he was appointed head of investment strategy for a leading new york stock exchange member firm and he would go on to hold positions as chief market strategist, portfolio manager, and four hedge funds, and also a mutual fund that bore his own name. Uh, he's had hundreds and hundreds of media interviews, including Good Morning America, Fox News, CNBC, Wall Street Journal, the uh, also Barron's Financial, the uh, Globe and Mail, just to name a very very few. And with that, let's head over to the UK and talking gold with the one and only Andrew Maguire and our special guest Mr Peter Grandage. Over to you Andy. Well this is special for me
2: Peter. Thank you so much for coming back and visiting us. Uh you're definitely um one of the one of the people that I really looked up to over the years. You have sent such a positive message. Um and and I think through all of the many things you said and you do you also have a very spiritual side to everything that you do. And, you know, it's all about ultimately that can translate into taking responsibility for ourselves. Um, you know, and, and I think a lot of the people that, that, that this resonate with a lot of gold and silver, um, uh, people who, who believe in gold and silver because gold and silver is honest money. And 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 we we've we've learned to look through all the smoke and mirrors of of the the chaos around these generated markets here, where we see paper market dips flying in and flying out at will. But ultimately, we're all believers in honest money. And thank you so much for coming and joining us again today.
0: Andy, it's uh, as much as a pleasure for me as it is for you. I've had. Great respect for you. I can never forget a very great and long conversation in London over 10 years ago. And I think pretty much everything we spoke about at that conference has taken place. So uh, a lot of the world doesn't see it uh, the way we did. But uh, I- I'm just as much uh, honored to speak to you as you're, you're You're saying that you're willing to speak to me.
2: And all we can do, Peter, it's about education, really, isn't it? That, that's what it we is. We're, we're trying to bring... Um, uh, in this woke world, and we'll come back to the spiritual side. I'd like to finish with that, that section, maybe, because that, that's, that's where the, we should end with that kind of a, a message. And, but, but I think in this, in this whole woke universe at the moment, um, it's really important to, to understand that the, 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 understand that the, the, the real anchors that, that we need to actually, um, Make our own decisions. And I think it's all about, as you say, I think at every episode, I always talk about, look, whatever it is, it's, it's about taking personal responsibility. So looking at the, um, current, um, action here, um, into what is, I mean, Peter, no physical for sale here in, in the, in these paper market
0: sales. What are you seeing from your side of the pond? So you're right. And I've been speaking about it for several months now, how the paper market has no real representation of what's happening in the physical market. I always like to point out on the days that we get the raids that, you know, it's artificial, because if you talk to anybody who's actually in this business of selling bullion, they'll tell you that their phones light up not to join the sellers in the paper market, but to take advantage of it and buy. And uh, so th- th- they're two different species. Unfortunately, if you remember when we did our show back in London, there were a couple people. One still around. They used to call us tin foil hat people. Until your great investigation work really exposed the manipulation. And sure enough, these last few years, we've seen several people uh, finally be charged and found guilty. So I guess our tin foil hats will stay in the uh, closet now. But uh, it's it still transpires, unfortunately. I, I, but I also think. Andy, that's because uh, gold has always been treated, at least by Wall Street. And I think most financial centers around the world in the Western world treated it the same way. They treat it like kryptonite. They don't want to get near it. Uh, and the reason they don't want to get near it is because it flies in the face of what they make their living off. And that's true paper, you know, financial assets. So I don't think it's ever going to go away, but I don't think we should be afraid of it Uh and, and stop us from acting on the physical end, and you know how demand is, like you said, you can't find physical stuff, and if you find it, the markups in it now are tremendous, and the only reason you can get away with charging a markup like they do now is because there's such demand for it, so there are two different markets. I do believe the physical market is going to overtake the paper market. I think the big added to that is central banks being buyers. But I also think we're seeing a shift now more away from North America, more in Asia and still in Europe of people wanting to own physical bullion and not just some paper asset that might give them what they think is some control of it.
2: Yeah and I think what is also interesting this is this is becoming apparent now because when Basel II uh, NSFR standards Came in on the first of, of uh, January of this year, and essentially making <laughs> making the backdoor of the COMEX EFP mechanism actually translatable into uh, a spot contract, which under NSFR con- uh, rules has to the liquidity providers providing that that liquidity have to have the physical available to deliver. So, what what is really interesting about this is that through all of these speculators, we look at a chart and we see. The speculators being rinsed at moving averages all the usual games that obviously we know these these games inside out and and if you're providing the if you're providing the funds um as a market maker uh to for a speculator to buy a a an undeliverable position you know they'll never take delivery and and so yeah really um and you've also holding holding the book on these guys you've already you you know exactly where their pain points are so it, that's what's interesting is we've seen a, a split in, um, in this and in, in these speculators. Now, what it is, is that, and this is really interesting because the, I've spoken to quite a few CTAs who say, no, 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 no. We now understand that gold is a first tier asset, uh, which we can use alongside treasuries. You can use it alongside almost every, every other asset class. In fact, in our view, they're saying it can't be bailed in or gated or or whatever. So so actually, gold is a really good um, it's a really good uh, hedge. So therefore, you've got this split where you've got all the usual spe- uh, non-sticky speculators, who momentum guys who just chase stuff and never plan to take delivery, are the problem. But more and more and more, since Basel III and SFR conditions came in, we're seeing this other group of speculators waking up actually waking up to the fact, hang on, if I want to be in risk, I need a, a, a insurance. You've talked many times about gold as insurance. Um, I need some insurance. So w- what are my options? So Treasuries, hmm, let's get some gold in. Uh, and then you can't rinse these guys because they're in not for the for the game. They're in to actually hedge other positions. So this is an interesting situation. And it's only just I mean, what amazes me, Peter, is that the Western Institute, most blinkered Western institutions, just it escapes them. That gold has
0: been revalued as a first-year asset. What are your thoughts? Well, it goes to what actually got me out of the general equity market in 2021, Andy. And that is you and I, we've been around the block twice, not once, twice. Yet if you look at the typical financial advisor here in the U.S., statistics tell us almost a half of them have only been in since a financial crisis back in 2008, and less than a quarter have been in since before 2000. So other than a couple of brief hiccups, they've been weaned and learned on a one-way street to drive their car, and so has the investment public that, that follows them. It was only because of what happened in the last year that at least some observation by them, oh oh my jeep, is is this going to be like this forever? I I can't last this way. Everything's supposed to go up and there's supposed to be a Fed coming in and bailing me out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's still not in their eyes a profitable product to sell. I mean, that's what I think people don't want to talk about. You know, the financial community here is, let, how do we keep making money on people's assets? Well, if we hold it, we can charge them every year. Or we can move from place to place, and physically, when you buy gold, and even though there's a markup, that's it. They they, they can't find another another way to make money with it. I honestly believe that's one of the reasons uh, they don't look at it. But I also got to remind people, and I think this is coming to bear now, and why the raids don't last, and why the physical market is slowly but surely gobbling up these paper pushes. We learned now that gold is best for because it's no one else's liability. Because even as we speak now, and by the time this airs, they might have settled it, people realize that the United States can default. How could they default? I mean, what would happen if they default? And then the other big thing, which again, sophisticated investors, mostly out of North America, have recognized, but others haven't yet, but they're soon going to have to, and that is the end of the dollar is here. It, the This is no longer our theoretical talks that you and I had 10 years ago and so forth. It's happening before our eyes, uh, and it's building momentum dramatically. So whether or not it's totally replaced as the reserve currency or just becomes one of others that can be done, the negativity of the dollar and how it helps suppress gold prices is gone, and that's why I believe if we do have any sorts of pullbacks and all those not yet in it really need to make it part of their portfolio
2: yeah absolutely and as you say uh, uh, peter this this is um, this is now becoming it's morphing into uh, a f- more physical marketplace and the paper market and I think one of the big things is of course. Um, the, 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 the reason that the Bank of International Settlements kind of did a split here from the Fed in, to some degree. So yes, we all, we don't trust any of these guys, but, but on the other hand, they did a split and they covered, while they covered all 500 t- tons of their swaps and gold liabilities, uh, during the course of 2022 ahead of their implementation of Basel III and SFR standards, revaluing gold as a first year asset, what was the Fed doing? I mean, this clueless Fed. And 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 as Daniela Di Martino Booth came on, and she used to be a Fed insider, and you know her. And she, of course, she said, "Well, you don't understand it. These these they don't understand it. You know, yes, yes, they game it, but they don't understand it." So what what I think is is really interesting, is that, is that the is is that what's happened is is now because this. Because gold is draining out of, in other words, being alchemized, being alchemized by global central banks around the world. Now, Bank of International Settlements positioned themselves. And while they were doing that, this stupid Fed decided to put a wall of paper gold. If anyone looks at a chart from last March when Russia's incursion into Ukraine occurred... You can see this wall of. Now, gold is supposed to be a safe haven asset. In a case of war, in the case of any uh, disruption, gold has always been historically five, 6,000 years, whatever, has always been sought as a safe haven. The counterintuitive move by the Fed to do this while everyone else was covering, and by last November, I think the Fed was trapped in a position. They're the only central bank I can think of that is no, is, that is still holding a massive naked short position. Do you, do you think that, that it, I'm correct there?
0: Well, let's look at the Fed. First of all, uh, they printed all this money. They're responsible for it. They can blame anybody else they want. Then when things started to go bad, they said, no, this, it's okay. There's no real inflation. It's transitory. That's a word I don't think you and I are going to hear in our lifetime again from them. Proved terribly wrong. Then when things took off and things turned against them and they felt that they had to raise interest rates, they raised rates and they didn't realize what raising rates was going to do to the banking system in the U.S. that all these banks who they knew if they did their work, if they were where they're supposed to, we're going to have all these tremendous losses. Still today, they basically have tremendous losses because of what happened in interest rates. And then they relaxed on the supervisory end where they did a, a survey as late as last November and saw no difficulties now, with, which has since unfolded and arise. So if they were a doctor or a lawyer and I needed one of them based on their history, I wouldn't engage them. I'd try to find somebody else, but they are the Fed. And, and you're right. And. The trouble can only continue to mount for them, and uh, as everybody thinks, the moment they stop raising interest rates, everything's going to return to hunky dory. No, there are huge underlining problems, and here's the problem, Andy. If you and I walked into any financial service firm here in North America, Canada, and the U.S., but I'll just take the U.S., and you try to have them explain what we just discussed, tell us what we're talking about, they look at you like, I, I have no idea. They don't take that into account. That. That's something they don't understand. And, and with that becomes an uneducated investment community. And that's why the Fed is still able to kind of forestall the inevitable. But I think more and more people are getting smart. There's, there's clearly two things that are, are greatly positive that before, anytime you and I spoke before, it's clear now. Central banks are big buyers, not sellers. We lived through when central banks were sellers. And the movement away from the CRIMEX, COMEX, and into Asia uh, has been a net positive. And what China wants to do with gold is far more beneficial for the gold price than what the Fed is doing. And I think those things will play out, but it just won't happen in a day or a week. And that's why any real weakness that occurs for people not yet invested in it are really be given an opportunity, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. And, and as you say, the, the, these, these global central banks that are accumulating, well, really de- 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 swapping their depreciating dollars, pounds, euros, yen, whatever it might be, swapping them for physical gold. Um, they don't care what the price is that, that matter to them, if it's $3,000 or, or, or $1,800. So I think people forget that. They think, Oh, well, no, hang on a minute. Look at the technicals. Forget the technicals. What we're looking at here is. A, 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 a change in behavior that really so few people, as you say, so few people even get this, and and I think this is what this is about. It's about education. It's about casting that net out a little bit wider and saying, look, guys, at least look at this. And gold's volatile. No, it isn't. You just have to look back uh, at, at at a longer term chart. You just, in fact, if you want back testing. <laughs> Got 5,000 years of backtesting. Gold's never moved in price. It's just the, the amount of dollars, uh, euros, yen, etc., to buy each ounce has, you've had to pay a hell of a lot more of those to buy that same ounce. So this is,
0: this is amazing to me that, that we're still singing this song, <laughs> Peter. Well, you know, the other thing too, Andy, is there is a negative environment. Investors were spoiled. They were living on easy street. You know, every year their 401k basically went up. And now they got like deer in the headlights, their shock. They are hearing, don't worry, it always comes back, which is not true. Uh, and also, I think there's another negative. Our industry has not had the growth like other industries. You, you and I, uh, well, you, you have more hair than me. You kept your hair better than me. But <laughs> if, if we look around and look at people that are talking about our gold, It's some of the leftovers for people that you and I have known for 20, 30 years, and maybe one or two new people, but it hasn't had the expansion of followers and believers in it. And therefore, the the general media, who's already tied to the hip of the general financial service industry, I mean, our networks here in the US, other than maybe Bloomberg, are are useless to watch to because they might as well have pom-poms and wave it you know, whenever they talk about stocks and bonds. But it's very hard to get down to the the average person to understand this because typical financial advisor now that they're using has no comprehension of what we just talked about. And so that's the challenge. And one last thing also is the few people that do play it, especially out of Canada, which is still more gold-oriented than U.S. investors, the mining industry has been put on its... Heels. It is you know. There's not been a lot of money spent. Uh, the lower you go down the food chain, the, the how cheap these stocks have come. And so a lot of people who would be talking about gold kind of look at mining stocks and say, "Well, it can't go, can't be that good." Look at the mining stocks. When in fact, if they saw the cup half full as they should, as you and I, they would be running up and backing up the truck for those stocks. But that's 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 also another issue. And again, I'll say it again. You're just not going to find the typical financial advisor, at least in the United States, proponents of gold. Even if we could educate them of what we just talked about, because the firm they work for would tell them it's not good in this place. We, you know, we sell stocks and bonds, and and that's always going to be the challenge for us. Andy is we're up against mainstream uh, media and mainstream thinking, and uh, until we really break new highs, which I believe are coming. Mm. And it, and it stays there, and then it starts getting coverage, then we'll get the momentum and chasing people and all. But until then, this is really an accumulation period. And uh, some and one thing you and I learned, uh, and I think this is appropriate for gold, it's better to be a year too early than a day too late. We may be yeah. early. We, we may still see another year of whatever we face, but we're not going to see dramatic losses because we're so late. But think of the people that ran into the market and, you know, things like cryptocurrencies when everything was flying. Terrible losses. And a lot of that money has gone, too. These are things that just disappeared. So uh, I know you and I are singing to each other crowd, but our view is very, very contrarian at this point in time. And I'll tell you this, after 40 years, I'll be a contrarian any time versus a momentum player. 100%. And,
2: and I think, of course, momentum players are, are wrong at both ends and maybe right in the middle, but that it's those ends that can nail you. I mean, look at March 2020. Look what happened, uh, when they overcooked, uh, really that was, although it was a slightly different circumstance, it was nevertheless a physical imbalance. And although it was caused by COVID in this case, it's not COVID, but, um, but it, so essentially one it's, as everyone turned into the liquidity providers and said, hang on there 's no physical the refineries all shut down. I want give me the physical that uh, you 've just um put up on the over the counter market and and they they all oh my God, and raced to the futures market to cover massive leverage shorts against each ounce they they were uh, that, that they were providing liquidity for and we had eighty to one hundred dollars spreads between per ounce between gold. so You know, it's there and people forget. They seem to like put this fuzzy feeling between their ears. Well, oh, yeah, but we've solved it. No. Peter, don't you think that we are kind of heading into a March 2020 like situation at this point? I, I
0: think the thing that has been completely lost by most people and still needs to play out and it's going to be the toughest part of this financial crisis is when the de- derivative crisis comes home to roost. That is, that is so beyond repairable or manageable. Uh, and like of dominoes, you ever watch those programs where they push that one domino and it falls, mm-hmm. all the <laughs> rest end up going. The derivative issue is it is is the situation, and uh, I think also central banks recognize that and. That's why they've been trying to shore up their balance sheets with, with gold and, and move away from the various paper products that were so prevalent 10 or 15 years ago. And, and they didn't go away. And uh, I don't want to be here if the derivative issue happens, Andy, because everything as we know it won't be anymore. It'll, just, it'll be Great Depression times 20.
2: Oh, this—it's it's a scary thought, and and you're right, Peter. It's it's completely, as you say, a lot of the guys trading right now at a university, only been around a few years. They've never experienced anything like a problem. It's always just been, just, the Fed will keep underpinning it, just keep buying it, buy and 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 going and high fiving themselves with bottles of champagne and and thinking life is is marvelous. Well, it's fine until they come and repo your your your, uh, your Mercedes. Uh, and, and, and kick you out of your home because guess what? Um, this, this is going to collapse and it, it's inevitable that this, I mean, again, you maybe talk about this more on the, the biblical side of things a little bit later on, but I mean, this is coming to a head. And I think, I think one of the things I was going to ask you about before all that is, look, the Fed, the debt limit, and, and I know that it may be resolved by the time this is aired, but, Even if they cobble something together, surely the elephant in the room is now exposed. Either way, um, the Fed, uh, dollar hegemony, is now, regardless, is now in that spotlight. And, you know, look at the amount of debt. Peter, how can this
0: ever be paid back? What's the resolution here? Well, our CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, which is supposed to be bipartisan, has estimated now that our national debt will grow to $50 trillion in less than 10 years. Wow. So I say to everybody, okay, even if you want to stay where we're at now, $32 trillion, put a 5% interest rate on it. 5% interest rate is not that high relative to where interest rates, remember, they were driven so artificially low, and the Fed destroyed our fixed income market by doing that. But let's just say 5%. Well, that's $1.6 trillion in interest expense. Wow. We only take in, I think in 2019, 4 trillion points something. It was our total revenue. That's the total. We would see a a, thir- a almost a third approaching, if it goes to 50 trillion, half just to pay interest. Well, that's done. We We have nothing left for defense or anything else. And it's, and it's not going down. Whatever they do settle, debt is just increasing. And Andy, I talk to the public and I say, you know, that's just the federal debt. You live in a certain state, states don't have the printing presses that the feds do. You live in certain cities, then you look at corporate debt, then look at personal debt. And why this all ties back, well, if we talk about it and why I wear my faith in my sleeve is, the, the Holy Bible, whether you want to view it just as some great book that was written by some humans or it's the Word of God, pans debt. I mean there's not a positive word about it. It warns about all the, the negativities of it and there's no escaping it any We're talking about paying the interest as a challenge. forget about the principle that that's one of the other reasons why China and Russia and others, have been, been net sellers of treasuries. And here's the other Pandora's box. We're gonna have a great age battle. We're seeing gonna see it in Japan, we're gonna see it here in the US, where people's ages verse, are gonna put pit one against each other. We now know it, Japan says that they're gonna have only one person working for every person on a retirement plan in less than 20 years. We're seeing in Canada now, Canada has instituted literally euthanasia as a as a way of escaping the issues of the problems of, of age. So here I'm going to be a young guy. I'm in the United States in the next few years. And they keep raising my taxes because that's the only way they can help forestall the inevitable Social Security. They're going to raise how much they're going to take out for taxes. They're going to raise the age limit. They're going to tax those of us who are getting it more and more for less and less of levels of where our income's from. And one day, some young guy working at 35 that's being taxed out of his mind is going to say, oh, wait a minute, you want to pay $200,000 for a 93-year-old man to have some sort of transplant through Medicare and all? I I don't want to see that. And the man who was 93 who paid in all his years go, wait a minute, you took all this money. There is going to be a battle of the ages. We're even seeing it now. We're seeing polls come out where... Millennials and younger feel that boomers are the cause of all their problems. What is that going to lead to? Is that going to be, excuse me there, Andy. Is that going to be a huge political problem? Absolutely. Excuse me. And who solves the political problem? The people with the most money, Mm -hmm. whoever can buy the political proudness. And right now, most of the money is in the baby boomers age. So there are a whole host of issues around this debt circle. We have underfunded pensions in the U.S., and and I know some of that is a problem in Europe as well. Here in New Jersey, we continue to have pension people who are depending on uh, payment that the state of New Jersey will not have the money to pay for it. And so don't ask me when it all blows, Annie. And, and do we live to see it? But I'm going to tell you this. It's not a fantasy anymore. It's not something way off in the yonder. It's front and center. And it's only a question now of when, not if. And that's the hardest thing to get people to understand, that this is no longer just theoretical. It is going to take place in some shape or form. And most people that I still sit with in our planning group are totally unprepared for it, both financially and mentally.
2: Yeah, Peter. And I think, you know, even if we, we start thinking short term, and long term, and maybe we don't, maybe long term, isn't even, as you say, it's front and center is not here and now. And I think people need to, first thing I think people need to do is is for their families, for their friends, is to make sure they preserve what wealth they have. And obviously, this is, you're a great proponent of this. I mean, then obviously, what is the only currency in the world, fungible currency in the world that has zero counterparty risk, that has all the energy baked into it already that ever, ever needed to be created? If you don't have that, then you've just faced, you've just talked about the other side of the, of the, of, of this coin. And I think more fool us. If we don't take responsibility, take this information like yourself, a sage who is saying, look, I'm giving you my experience here. I'm giving you, I'm asking you to look at these, at this information. You don't have to take my word for it. Look at it, make up your own mind and please do something about it. And, and you need to make,
0: you need to have an action point now in my view. Well, You talked about the insurance. I always tell people, own gold and hope you're wrong. Mm. Mm. Realistically, and people say, well, why would you want me to buy something that you're actually hoping doesn't go up? I actually hope it falls a lot. And they go, that's really insane. That's why. Because that means they actually start to fix some of these huge problems. But don't count on it. And that's why I think you have to own it. because, And that's why, believe it or not, that's why I think the upper echelon people who are sophisticated enough to appreciate what you and I have learned over the years and spoken about, recognize the inevitability of this and wanna be prepared for it. By the time it's being done on average by the local firms and you're turning on the networks and they're telling you to do it, it's too late. Uh, we'll, We'll be way past the point of no return at that point in time. And like I said, please hope that the Andes and the Peters are wrong. And if they are, you still have something that's going to be quite valuable, but if but if they're right, you're going to be able to hopefully still be able to do things that other people can't.
2: Yeah, Peter. Recently, I I heard you um speaking about. I think you've you've just alluded to it a minute ago. Um, you're talking about the Fed basically increasing interest rates at such a rapid pace without stress, stress testing any of these regional banks or banks. Um, what they've done is create this massive outflow of, of deposits from, t- from, from smaller um, uh, interest rates into money market funds, which can be gated just as quick as anything else. But I think, I think there has to be, this cannot be yet resolved. Should, I looked at the commercial, you mentioned the commercial real estate market, that to me And I took one look at it, my goodness me, that looks like the the trigger point, which, and as we know, as you say, it's, it's dominoes, it's dominoes. We're talking about one of this daisy chain gets taken out, the whole lot go. So what do you think? Do you think this commercial real estate
0: problem is under control? Or do you think it is actually getting worse? It's the next domino. First of all, let's understand this. If banks had to mark to market their holdings right now, most banks in the United States would be insolvent. Hmm. It would be. Uh, The horrific thought of giving insurance to all depositors as a way of thinking that solves the issue here is a horrible thought because now you and I need to open a bank. Why? Because we'll take the depositors' money, do whatever we think can make money, and if we fall on our face, the government's got to pay back. That's a terrible thing uh, to do. It. And let's remember, this insurance we created in the U.S. was really for the small investor, not someone that had millions and millions of dollars in the bank. But where the real issue is, you made a very good point about the deposits still leaving banks. When banks have deposits, they lend it anywhere from one to three times the time blame that person kept it there. And that's how they made their living. They lent it out, commercial, real estate, loans, things of that nature. Now when this money leaves banks and it just goes into a money market fund, it does nothing, doesn't really move the economy. And the backbone to the U.S. economy is the small to mid-sized business owners. It's not the big, big corporations. Mm-hmm. And they depend on the local banks. So the JP Morgans of the world don't lend to the small little mom-and-pop businesses and so forth and so on. And they are really under the gun because they have happened, just happen to have a lot of commercial paper uh, loans that are coming due, and they have to be really, really tight now. They have no margin of error in these companies and that takes a while to reach the economic slowdown phase. Right now, people are scrambling at large liquidity issues. We have cl- our planning group deals with a lot of small business owners throughout the United States. And they have, they've said basically they've been shut down at their local banks. They can't, their credit lines have been stopped. They they, they can't go in for new loans and so forth and so on. And they've had to go to secondary markets, which are much more expensive. Here in the United States, almost 40% of the public is living not only paycheck to paycheck, but is literally borrowing money to pay for necessities. And so, uh... The whole idea that at one time, you know, commercial real estate was a very viable and worthy investment to have. It was certainly better than speculating in the stock market. But we're now seeing tremendous office space uh, being just sold pennies on the dollars in major cities. And then there's another issue, Andy, and it's not what the show's about, but the other reason is the lawlessness now that we see in major cities here in the United States. People just don't want to go. I'm 90 minutes south of New York City. Good client of mine has a very large limousine service. And even though the pandemic is basically over and people aren't worried about it like they were a year or two, almost no one's taking trips into New York City anymore. They're too scared. There's no, you know, They 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 just don't want to go there. And then that feeds on itself. Cities shrink tax revenue. So they have to raise their taxes more, causes more people to leave And now, of course, they're being filled up with uh, immigrants. We don't want to use the word anymore, illegal aliens, but Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother issue there. There are so many political and geopolitical issues at the forefront now, Andy, than any other time that I can remember in almost 40 years of our career. And again, I go back to this. Most financial advisors. Don't have a true understanding of that because they don't have the experience. They 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 either didn't study the history or was part of that history, and I think that's all going to hurt their clientele.
2: And this is what education is all about. It's all about bringing attention to these things. And for, you just touched on some major points here. For, for example, I mean, you're talking about the regional banks. So I do understand. You know, some of the I've got a lot of friends in the U.S. And you know, for example, the the farmer that on a first name basis with his regional bank, and he's relied on. Of course, he just walks in. I need, I need X. I need Y. Done. You know, because they have a trust relationship and history together. Suddenly, there's no money, and it's like so. So the, the, this fallout. So what happens to that farmer? I mean. This is this is beyond comprehension, really, when you think about it. How deep this can go, uh, and thanks to the Fed, this is purely a Fed error. This is something not thought through. And 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 then you also touched on the political side of things, which is this woke agenda. Maybe this is the point, Peter, to 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 come and talk about you, you're incredibly spiritual man. And have hugely have huge respect for you. Uh, You have maintained your integrity, and this is what this is about: integrity through so many situations. And it's a rare thing, and and a rare commodity. And and yet, integrity is all we have. But Peter, give me your thoughts on the spiritual side of this, of of um, of what you're seeing. And you know, there's got to be some hope here somewhere.
0: Well, hope is a tremendous spiritual strategy, happens to be the worst investment strategy. And a lot of people, that's their only investment strategy right now. But for me, tying my faith on my sleeve and wearing it on my sleeve has, has had benefits, but it also has negatives. There are certain people that want no part of it. Here in the U.S., we now see one out of two Americans saying they're either agnostic or atheist and that's a big fundamental social and political change to the atmosphere that our parents and grandparents grew up with like it or not america was once more religious or more faithful or believing in a supreme being well it seems that with the loss of that we've also seen a tremendous drop in morals and uh nowhere is that more evident now on on the social front where people who have a completely different viewpoint on how life should be from children and how they should be impacted and be change their gender or try to change their gender to uh, inability to say or, or or use words and if you don't pronounce the person right you lose your job and these are things that our parents and grandparents would have said it's just never going to happen and it ha- it has happened and all of that has a negativity and I believe. And some people don't want to hear it, but I believe it's all traced back to the roots of faith and, and 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 what faith hopefully uh, taught. And you can just simply take the Ten Commandments. You don't have to restrict it to just Christianity. You can you can go to Judaism and, and there are other religions that have s- similar things like Ten Commandments. And they've basically been voided. They 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 don't exist anymore. And in fact, if you if you try to speak up about it. You're actually you're actually attacked about it, and so there's a little bit of a repercussion from it. You know there are a handful of people, but by and large, wokeness has become a way of life, not just here but in the world and your your home country as well. And with it, uh, it it impacts how corporations act, and then that impacts how their earnings are uh, act and so forth and so on, but I find, Andy, about a third of people want nothing to do with me because you're a so-called spiritual man. A third couldn't care either way. Hey, buddy, can you make me money? I don't care if you pray to whoever. But then there's about a third that go, chief. It's so good to find somebody that's really put their morals and their spirituality ahead of making a buck. And uh, I appreciate what you share. I know a lot of people don't want to hear it. And that that's that's where we're at. Wall Street is void of spirituality. Uh, I can tell you that the conversations or things even like we speak on right now, you're never going to be able to hear if you turn on one of those networks. And if you started doing it, they'll cut you short and you'll never be back again. But I think it's an important role. I think, you know, if you just take the Bible, just as an historic book, let's forget about it for a moment, who we believe led... People to write it. It was a brilliantly written financial book. Uh, uh, half the parables are about matters of money. In the book, there's more talk about matters of money than there is heaven or hell. And that's the real ultimate outcome for those that believe in the book. I'm either going here or I'm going here. And yet, the author or authors of this book tear apart debt. You cannot find one positive verse in scripture. It's Tremendous warnings about it. But there's also teachings in it. Uh, For me, at one time, I violated Timothy, chapter 6. The love of money is the root of all evil. To me, money equaled or surpassed God at at one time at a younger age. But it took making and losing money. It took going through some really physical and mental challenges that came about from it. But in the end, I believe I know what sound money should be. I know how we should look at things. I live a philosophy, Andy, I've lived it for years, that less is more. And that if we take that type of attitude and approach our lives that way, yet on Wall Street, it's the exact opposite. If you watch all our commercials, the more money you can make, the more things you can have, the happier you're going to be. They want you to believe that more money equals more happiness. They want you to believe that the guy that owns the bus company is always going to be happier than the guy driving the bus. Yet in the real world, some of the happiest, truly happy people i met are people with little or no means. But people with hundreds of millions. I deal with athletes for over 20 years. Many of them make 50, 100 million dollars. Some of them were the most depressed people I knew. And it's because their world got caught up on uh, how they valued money, not how they valued whoever or whoever is responsible for the creation of this once beautiful planet. One thing I'll just tell you this, whether you're religious or not, whatever or whoever created the original earth is a good person because everything that was originally put here is for good everything that you can make out of it it's mankind that's turned it into bad and 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 that's why i, I like to reflect and fall back on my faith when i get too caught up in the money world
2: yeah and 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 to be honest if anybody it doesn't matter who you are on 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 this earth I mean, you start off as, as an innocent child and, and really you've, you've learned nothing bad. I mean, you, you, you're born and you, you, you then learn everything that makes you a person. But I think, you know, look, if anybody wants, look, we all read books and I think, why wouldn't you look at the Bible? It's a road code. At the very least, it's a road code. And it's like, we all need a road code. And as you say, you know, those 10 commandments, what do they do? They require integrity. They require you to 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 ab- adopt that road code. And, and then obviously, then you take it from there. But the thing is, we talk about wokeness. It to me, Peter, there is this. We're not. I mean, look, whoever is trying to create and there's an agenda. Obviously, we look at the World Economic Forum. We look at, at, at these organizations and these are not stupid people. There must be a reason that they, that you defund police, that you blow buildings up, that you do. There must be a reason. The reason probably to me is listening to what they all say. We need to build back better, but to build back better, you have to destroy everything first. And I think what they're doing, attempting to do here is destroy
0: all that is good. So Andy. I believe in the true spirituality, that there's good and evil. I believe in the devil versus God. And I believe that if we look at some of the most serious issues facing us now, it's grounded in demonic thinking. It it goes against the principles that God gave to us, not only in, in, in the Ten Commandments, but truly in the the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount was is really uh, what good is all about. It's tough, if almost impossible for us humans to live it, certainly every day, because we're sinners and we have a failed nature. And yet, if you look at the World Forum and all this type of stuff, look at John Kerry's going around now telling American farmers, you got to give up your farms. You're doing it in Europe because somehow it's killing the climate and all. When God provided those animals and gave us dominion over them in order for humans to go forward and eventually do what God calls us to do. I mean, all these things, I think, can be traced back to the tremendous battle now that is at the forefront. And the enemy, although we know the enemy, if you're a believer in Christianity, The end result is he loses. It doesn't say how many he gets to take with him before he loses. And that's what I think the battle is all about here and all. It's easier to say when we got, when you and I have been around the block and, you know, we're not caught up in the things that when we were younger, we might've got caught up in now. But we're really seeing true battles of good versus evil. And the evil has infiltrated on every levels. It's everywhere you go, and things like you and I are using now, the internet and instant news and all these other things—they—they they were made for good, but much of it is made for bad. And we didn't even begin to talk. And I'm not the expert to speak of, but I know you. If I know my Andy, you've already looked into a heart. This artificial intelligence scares the living dickens out of me. It reminds us kids only remember the the movie 2001: Space Odyssey. But there, think back in the seventies, it was already viewed that one day machines will outthink humans and actually cause humans' race to possibly come to an end and that's the next big hurdle that we're going to face and it's coming like this andy i mean it's 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 momentum like unbelievable I think in a year's time we'll be twice far ahead as we are now, so again, just to close on it, I think without my spirituality, I would be in a in a in a void, the money would be really useless. I've watched so many wealthy people and when they all got older, none of them ever said to me, gee, I just wish I worked more or made more. No, they they basically share the regrets that they didn't spend their time with their family, helping their fellow man and living, as I said, less is more. And, And seven out of 10 of Americans, by the way, Andy, that I see live at least one lifestyle above where their finances truly support. And to tell them that they need to take a step back and maybe not have $2,000 $2,000 worth of car loans sitting in the driveway, and just have two smaller but functional cars that you don't know anybody anything about it. There's also, by the way, Andy, I must tell you this, being debt-free or lowering your debt brings a peace that almost unmatched anywhere in the world. And this is at a time when most people are going the opposite way. So uh, I- I'm thankful Where I'm at, the struggles are still there. It doesn't mean I can get through the day any easier than somebody else. But I have reasons now for what I'm doing for that are based on something I believe is true foundation, not here today, gone tomorrow. And and Peter,
2: like everybody, that's good. Uh, you can walk forward you don't have to look behind you uh, and and wonder what's happening behind you because it's so straightforward it is it is so simple it's unbelievable and it's all about integrity it's all about acting well and i think that you've covered so many subjects here but i think bottom line as an action point um to give one that peace and to try and, and and to get rid of uh debt that is that is sitting over your head take what you can, put it into something physical. Gold, silver is so obvious. It's it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. It owes no counterparty risk. And you can take the first step to preserve what you have. And then you can feel freer to once you have accumulated gold and silver at least you've insulated yourself to some degree. Now, obviously you may not be in a position where you can do that in any big, large way, but at least you're heading in the right direction. And, and again, then you, you wake up, you don't wake up at two o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, quite so worried about everything. And at least you have taken the right step. But I think this is so informative, Peter. It's rare to come across somebody who's willing to talk about. Uh, their spiritual beliefs. I mean, I have sat and broken bread with people from every single denomination of around the world, from Buddhists to Muslim to everybody. And everyone, do you know what? We all have the same road code. It is. There's nothing different there. So at least it's somewhere to start. And I think people should. It's available everywhere. So have a look. Um, read a bit. Um, enjoy it and um, and something will come to you. Amen. Thank you very much, Andy. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much for sharing everything, and thank you for what you are. Good seeing you again. Look forward to speaking with you again. God bless. Bless you.
1: All right. Thank you, Andrew McGuire and Peter Grandich, for that awesome and fascinating discussion. And remember, to our entire Life from the Vault community, buy physical, make sure it's one-to-one, And understand the difference between what Andy affectionately calls the casino gold and silver markets and the actual physical gold and silver markets. They're not the same. Don't be fooled. And there you have it. That's all we have for you today on another amazing episode of Live from the Vault. Please help keep spreading the word about this channel by hitting that like button. Not now, but right now. And sharing this information. And also, if you hit the bell right there, you'll be notified in real time as each episode goes live and with that we'll see you right here next time on live from the vault see you then